This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. Minutia Man is up next, but first, listen to this other great OPI show. I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. On the next Back to You in Stereo, we're going to sound a little bit different, Steve, a little echo. I see dead people. That's all you're talking about on this show. And how much money they make. Can dead people make money? You can find out on Back to You. We are in tune and in sync. Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. You can find Back to You on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. So are you awake, Rick? I'm when awake. we do our show, because when we do our show, we have noticed for yeah. our listeners out there, and maybe our listeners have noticed <laughs> that not. over the over the last few weeks. We haven't had the energy of a of a of a usual Rick and Dave, right? Yeah, and it was and it's because we were cutting the shows at four thirty in the afternoon, and Ricky was a little sleepy. <laughs> it's a long day. That's yeah, you know think, you, think about it, folks. Think about doing something at your own workplace, and you work towards it all day, and then uh, you do it at like right before it's time to leave. <laughs> You know, you're not going to get the best, uh, the best performance. Oh, yeah, but you were telling me you're waking up at ten o'clock in the morning. That's not important. <laughs> so it's it, there's no compute commute. So it's six and a half hours from the time you wake up for, so, right. for a right. real person. A that's like do? lunch. <laughs> Don't we have a show to do? <laughs> hey, I want to I want to ask you a couple questions here. First of all, okay. so um, you do a podcast with that with your 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 new friend. Right, yeah, Adam. The the free the free kicks the free kicks that that soccer thing yes. that you do right right. So so I've started to watch soccer. Okay, all right. Um, and the reason being, and I'm happy to tell everybody, I signed up for a betting app <laughs> on <laughs> on uh, around Super Bowl Sunday. You want to hear something they funny keep... before you before you go into this? When you called me on Saturday during the game, <clears throat> yeah, uh, knowing that I'd be watching the soccer game. Uh, we had like a you know like a five minute conversation, and I hung up, and Sean was sitting next to me, and he goes, "That sounded like Uncle Dave, but I know it wasn't Uncle Dave because you guys were talking about soccer." <laughs> well, do you remember Uncle Dave at the poker table, Sean? This is during COVID. <laughs> Uncle Dave needs another poker table, so I'm getting I'm getting all these free bets. So I'm calling my friend Rick who runs this fancy schmancy podcast yeah to, to to get you know get the lay of the land about a chelsea or a man U, uh-huh. right or uh-huh. a t- tottenham uh and i've noticed a couple things about first of all you i don't i don't listen to your podcast but yeah. for the but for the choices that you've been giving me uh i think you may need you need to reevaluate your content that you're giving the <laughs> listeners because every bet you're giving me is is, is a failing don't uh, i don't i say beforehand every time i wouldn't put any money on it yeah whatever (laughs) but the second thing that i've noticed about soccer is i think soccer is a first of all i do like the game i think it's i think it's i I think it may catch on soccer yeah okay Uh uh but it's i think it's like a microcosm for life and the reason why i mean that is you have these intense moments of getting your hopes up and then they're dashed like all the time like every time there's something good about to happen. Someone kicks the ball, you know, 37 feet 
to the left, right? So that's kind of like life, getting your, you know, getting your hopes up and having them dashed, intermixed with a lot of fake illnesses, <laughs> which is kind of the way I've been living my life too, faking illnesses. Am I right with the 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 the, the synopsis of life, soccer? Life is a highway, Dave, uh, and, and I'm going to ride it all night long. It's the journey. It's the journey. It's not the destination. But they, and I love the announcers. We got to get an announcer. Oh, my one God. Of these, those guys are fantastic. They are. They're the best. I, I do a thing on our uh, uh, soccer podcast where I praise their adjectives, uh, oh. you know, where I'm listening to it. And, uh, uh, you know, here's a, here's a word you won't hear during an American broadcast of any sports. Sublime. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> well, they're they, they're very educated and they're very yeah. Yeah. and they're really smooth. Yeah, I mean, there's no there's no ums, there's no does, there's no you knows. Oh, I know. Uh, they're they're fantastic. But I'm a huge soccer fan now, so I'm going to be tuning into your podcast, Free Kicks. Yes. on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Wow, I didn't even have to pay you for that. No, no, thank um, you. Uh, well, you could pay me in sausage. How was the big sausage making? You you flopped out. You flopped out the sausage at the end of our show last week. That you were going to make two hundred pounds of. Don't say I sausage. flopped out the sausage. That just sounds bad. I made. Yeah, we made. I think it was actually two hundred and fifty pounds of sausage, oh. and then um, you know we did we did our virtual schlachtfest, and we had people come and pick up the sausage and the liverwurst and the uh, the head cheese that we were selling and uh you know the the germans came up in their cars and i went out to the parking lot and i spoke to them with my mask on and and one of the guys uh uh, said to me um you know because he asked for the food in german and i went in and got exactly what he was asking for and then he said to me wow uh, you know uh, you actually speak the language i said i speak 10 languages of german because everyone has a different dialect and he was on the floor that was the funniest joke a german has ever told so so l- let me ask well it well as we know you kill at the green white soccer I banquets do. i do i know the german humor which is none <laughs> the bar is pretty when the bar is very low so let me let me ask you. So, who who are the who's the band of guys that are doing the? It's the same guys every year that are doing the sausage, right? I mean, yeah. is it? Yeah. So, who are they? Who are they? Well, in this is in there, this group, uh, I, I've recruited a bunch of the dads from Sean's soccer team. So okay. they were all American guys, basically. The so only, there's no helmet, helmets or Ernst or no Ludwig's or anything like that. No, what is it like Steve and Joe? No, it, well, the original recipe comes from uh, Stefan uh, Zimmer and Josef Hertel, um, okay. uh, but we use their original recipe, um, but those guys are, well, one of them has passed away, and the other one doesn't want to do it anymore after 60 years of it, <laughs> so it's a new generation, the youngsters, the 50-somethings. Now, are you adding your own little th- no. twist, or no? Is no. It all, it's all old school. No. All right. Yeah. So, where are you? Do you have to buy, like, the tubes that the sausage comes in, right? Oh, the, what is it? David, the... David, David, David. <laughs> uh, you buy the pork butt or the pork okay. shoulder. You buy the, uh, you know, there's garlic. I can't tell you all the ingredients because I'd have to kill you. 
right, the uh, the casings you see you can just go to uh, Jewel. They sell casings at Jewel. And that's that's the tubes or that's the yeah. it's like the sheath. Yeah. Okay. So are you grinding the meat yourself? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is actually kind of, this is kind of interesting. You you chop uh, the meat, you grind it, you mix it with the spices uh so it's perfectly mixed, then you put it into the uh in, back into the grinder and it comes out as a you know, you 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 tape the sausage not tape it you know you put the uh intestines the sausage casings on the outside and it's like a condom yeah exactly exactly then you start the start button and you catch the sausage as it comes out and throughout the night as you're doing this you make about 700 dick jokes (laughs) and that's that's how you make sausage (laughs) Well, like, oh, look at this ne- one. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, right. um, next next year, God willing, that we are in a place that we can actually hang out, and no pun intended, is that we should do a show from the sausage making. Yeah. Yeah, we could do that. You know, and right. uh, they let Jews in there, right? That would, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's no, there's no rule. Okay. It's never well, happened, until, but I'm sure it's possible. Until the next board meeting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> All right. We should do some minutiae. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go. This week's minutiae with Rick and Dave. You know, I know that this might be construed as being a bit anti-American. Okay. Yeah. But I'm going to go on a limit. I'm going to say I like China. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to just say that I like China. Okay. I like their I like their food. Uh-huh. Um, I like Andrew Yang. Okay. You know, I like I like firecrackers. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not a fan of their music. Their music kind of sucks. Yeah. You ever heard Chinese music? That, that kind of sucks. Yeah. Uh, but you know who may not be a big fan of China? I'd love to uh, know. Japanese tourists. Japan asks China to stop anal COVID-19 tests on Japanese citizens. <laughs> the Jap- the Japanese anal anal COVID tests. <laughs> Yes. Is that the real? Japanese, well, it sure is. That in China, made in China, the Japanese government has requested China not to subject Japanese citizens entering the country to anal COVID-19 tests after receiving complaints of psychological distress from some of them, the top government spokesman said on Monday. Chief Cabinet Secretary Kasunobu Kato s- said the government has made the request through the Japanese embassy in Beijing. Although it has not been informed of any change in Chinese policy uh, or how it conducts the polymerase chain reaction test for the novel uh, novel coronavirus. It's novel. Not novel. 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 So I'm just imagining this conversation. Hey, how you doing? Uh, This is Secretary Cato. Uh, can you please switch to the saliva test that you can get at any fucking Walgreens down the street? Why are you going with the the, the, the anal swab, right? Uh, on the other hand, Dave's been there every day. You know, hey, can I get another one? <laughs> yeah. Just one more time, just to make sure everything's working right. fine. Oh yeah, that's right. it, right there. <laughs> you know, there's so many false positives and negatives. Go go do it again, right? Uh, I I like I like the fact that China is. 
going old school. I mean, granted, it's medieval old school, <laughs> the Japanese, but this is what they're doing. They're like, wow. screw it. Screw it. We're going anal. And once you go anal, you don't go back. No. So, <laughs> well, you're going back. So, you're anal. Well, and also the United States, evidently, a couple of U.S. officials were also subjected to the same testing method. And they um, also requested it. <laughs> right. Uh, and they, uh, so if you're going to China or China, uh, bring your own little COVID saliva test in your back pocket from Walgreens and say, uh, rather than subject yourself to the anal COVID test. Now, do you remember China? when we were kids, mm. uh, the temperature was taken that way often? Uh, I was, the, you can't see my notes, but that was my next note. I was going to ask you, did your mom, did you, your mom take your temperature uh, 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 not I, my mom didn't, but the doctor would. You know, you'd go to the doctor and and they'd you know check your temperature, and it's like uh-huh. bend over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my mom would do it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we, we had a we had an anal, and then once I shit you not, no pun intended, because there's there's two there's two different types. There's the mouth thermometer, and then there's the anal thermometer. And my mom screwed up and gave me the anal thermometer once I got mouth. old enough. For the mouth, because it was an age thing, right? Because they didn't want you to bite the mercury, wasn't that? Right, I think so, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so (laughs) I've taken my temperature with my mouth with an anal thermometer. That's the last time I make out with you. Well, knowing my mom, it was sterilized like 600 times. (laughs) Right, exactly. I think I'll be fine. Hey, uh, you know, um, I don't know if you've heard about this, but uh, this coming Wednesday... Uh, and Friends is doing a, a very special And Friends. Kimmy, oh. Tommy, and Samuel are going to look back at uh, the whole last year of COVID-19 uh, moments, and there have been a lot of them, on every Opie show. And <clears throat> you and I, in fact, have two Opie shows, and I've got a third one. Um, so for the one-year anniversary of the shutdown coming up next week, they're going to uh, do highlights of all the shows. And they're also going to do highlights of our show. And actually, oh, I nice. have one here. They owe us. They owe us. Yes. The Minutia Men a Celebrity Interview. Uh, we often uh, interview people now that are at home. And the first time we ran into this, I don't know if you remember this, but the first time we ran into this was with Amy Landecker and Bradley Whitford. Right? Oh, yeah. And, and we couldn't get them off the phone. Right. Yes. Here's a little clip from that show. One of the things that's driving us really crazy is the house next door. Since this whole thing started and about two weeks prior has been running a generator generator to do like sanding on the side of this house for about eight hours a day. And that's the biggest irritant is this. Yeah, but that, if that's our biggest problem, we're pretty privileged. Yes. Well, I've got three teenage daughters in my house, so I wonder what my neighbors oh my are saying about our house. Yes. How are they holding up? You know, they actually are doing really, really well. Um, they've got, the, I don't know if you guys have heard of this, it's called the internet that they're on. <laughs> Like a hundred percent of rumor. <laughs> yeah, and TikToks and all what. No, but they really right. are, they're doing really quite well I I have three sons Uh, they're uh, 25 21 and 17 and they're all in the house and and I I don't see them all day (laughs) we're all in one house and I never see them that's my kid 
Bradley's got three kids too, but two of them aren't here yet. They're stuck. One's in Chicago and one's in Connecticut doing school remotely from there because of the time difference here. It was right. just easier there. But now it's sort of this danger zone where you're like, well, should now you travel. Just, yeah. Now should you stay? Should you? I don't know. We only have Lulu who she does a thing called dance church, which is like an online dance class now. And there's, we did it yesterday. There's 4,000 people in this class. <laughs> I mean, oh, wow. Well, you know, there's something about, Dave and I were talking about this earlier, there's something about this where we're all being forced to, you know, stay home with our families that is actually kind of great, you know, yeah. you're you're being forced to examine the things that are most important to you and, and have them nearby. And when they're not, like Bradley, you notice it. It's like a big yeah. deal that your daughter and son are not there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really unnerving. Uh, I've actually, I, I don't know if it is true and it seems like the information we're getting changes all the time but i've heard that actually flying right now the planes are for for some reason to qualify for loans they have to keep the flights going you heard this yeah no Uh, i'm not uh, they're flying empty so they're flying empty uh which is uh you know fantastic for the environment (laughs) right exactly um, but, Although, have you uh, seen the uh, like the satellite views of the world where you yeah, know, like from last week when people were still doing stuff to this week when they're not, you can really see that it, the pollution is starting to clear yeah. up a little bit. The ozone layer layer is like thirty years, I think, hasn't been this this low. So that, that yeah. we're doing good to the ozone layer. I do hope that this teaches us how to <laughs> acknowledge the inevitability of science before it appears on our doorstep. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, you know, maybe, you know, apply that, uh, you know, to global warming. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about that earlier where it was like, who knew this was happening? Well, all the scientists did. Everybody. Yeah, everybody. And the scientists <laughs> right. are saying the same thing about the climate. So it's like, we, ha- we should not wait till it's too late. We were walking, we live in Pasadena and there was, this view of the mountains that you just you never, never, see. never see. I mean, where you could see multiple layers. It's just incredible how much it's cleared up in a short period of time. Well, that's just a, a sample of some of the things they'll be covering on uh, and friends on Wednesday to check it out. Well, and I th- when listening to that, I'm just so thankful that we really did embrace science, didn't we? Like Bradley <laughs> yeah. said. You know, also, I would like to reassess my comments about how great it is to be home with the family all the time. <laughs> you know, I would like to reassess that. We were so naive. And <laughs> we so, it was such a simpler time back then, wasn't it? <laughs> all right. I've got a story for you. Yeah. Um, you know, when you dig into a grapefruit and suddenly a, the juice squirts into your eye. Did you know yeah. that there's a word for that? It's called... Orbisculate, orbisculate. It's a word that the Krieger family of Boston is trying to get into the dictionary in honor of their funny, whimsical dad, Neil Krieger, who passed away due to complications from COVID-19. Now, his family's trying to take this non-traditional approach to celebrate his life because he made that word up. (laughs) When Neil was a college freshman at Cornell University in the late 50s, he was asked to make up a word for a class assignment, and orbisculate was born, which I think is brilliant. Well, that's a great word. 
Uh, he later became a research scientist, started a biotech consulting uh, company, uh, but he loved the word so much he used it at home around his, his two kids and wife. And growing up in the household, his daughter said, I just assumed it was a real word. And she was <laughs> taken aback when a college friend told her it wasn't. They were eating oranges in the Krieger family home when uh, they were in their 20s. And she said, oh, that orbisculated on you. And after he questioned the word, she added, orbisculate, you know, when fruit squirts on you. <laughs> Embarrassed that her friend did not know this fantastic word, Hillary bet him $5 that it was in the dictionary. We opened the dictionary, could not believe it wasn't in there. I was in such shock. And she Dad! Ran, exactly. She ran up to her dad's office and said, Dad, this word's not in the dictionary. And, and he gave her a sheepish look and explained, uh, yeah, sorry, honey, I made that up. Now... They want to get it in the dictionary, which I'm all in favor of. I, I think this is just a great story. I absolutely love it. Yeah. yeah. Because it, I also have created a word. Oh, what's that? Stoink. The word is stoink. <laughs> I remember you created it back in college, I remember, didn't you? Yeah. But I've I, the uh, definition changes all the time. And, you know, my boys are constantly trying to pin me down on what the exact definition of stoink is. Um, but I think actually uh, there's a closer parallel in my life, and that's when my oldest son Tommy was little. Whenever something broke that I could fix, you know, like Legos came Nothing. apart and I put them back together yeah. or something simple <laughs> like that, I would fix it and I'd say, "Remember, Dad can fix anything," which I thought was an obvious joke because everyone knows what an idiot I am. Right. But he took it seriously until he was about seven or eight, and then one day I couldn't fix something. And explained to him that I was, you know, being ironic. And he looked at me like I punched him in the stomach. He was like, Dad, I... what, what do you mean? You you can't fix everything? No, son. I can't fix anything. I'm a moron. I've been saying that as a joke. And he hasn't spoken to me since. So that, he's, that was 25 years ago. No, but he, he uh, that I just will never forget the look on his face when I said that to him. You know, as I've been... Um... So as I've been teaching uh, over the last three or four years, I get to a point sometimes. Do you ever, and, and this happens in our podcast regularly, where I'll be talking and knowing that the conversation is supposed to go in a certain direction, meaning that, okay, I had a point here, but I can't remember what the point is. So I'm just going to continue to talk until I remember what that final point is going to be. And then I sometimes run out of words. And so I just start making up words, right? And I've, I've, I've caught myself either two or three times uh, while teaching that I just make up a word and no one has ever said anything. Yeah. The, yeah. In fact, I'm sure if you go back and <laughs> minutia men podcast history, I've made up a bunch of words that yeah. no one has ever, ever known. Yeah. It was one of the things that uh, they taught me at the very beginning of my broadcasting career is always know what you're going to say last. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> there's nothing more than there's nothing more terrifying than going. I don't have any idea what I'm, but I'm just gonna keep talking because everybody has good. done it. Everybody has talked themselves yep. into a corner like that. All right, it's time for another feature. Time now for studio walls. And the words of the prophets were written on the studio walls. So this is the part of the show where we dip into the uh, Rick and Dave archives and uh, and bring you some of our uh, classic moments. 
Um, this week in 2004, Dave, 17 years ago, I was out promoting my very first book, The Radio Producer's Handbook. I can't believe it's 17 years ago. And I did all sorts of interviews and appearances, I had over 100 of them. But this one popped up on my timeline this week. It's a TV interview with Rabbi Doug. Have you ever met Rabbi Doug? You know, I, <clears throat> I've talked to Rabbi Doug. I don't think I've ever met Rabbi Doug. I mean, I know Rabbi Doug. I mean, who doesn't know Rabbi Doug? But uh, no, I don't think I've ever physically met Rabbi Doug. Well, Doug was, for those of you who don't know, he was our go-to rabbi when I was a producer. Anytime we had any Jewish questions, we would call Doug because he was uh, he's an entertaining guy who enjoys radio and TV. And now, he, for the last, I don't know, obviously 17 years or more, he has been hosting a weekly cable show uh, here in Chicago. And... Uh, I found the one that he did of this in this week. And first of all, there's a couple of this, this really um, dismaying elements of this interview. One is I look like I'm about eight years old <laughs> and I look super skinny like I like yeah. this was 25 pounds ago. So and that was only 17 years, 17 years, 25 pounds. But let me just play a very short clip uh, from that interview. And it's about my book. Here we go. Well, as, as, as our time runs down, the Radio Producers Handbook uh, by Rick Kempfer and John Swanson is just an amazing book. Rick, what would you say is the most important chapter in this book for someone going into the business to read? There's a chapter in there. Um, I think it's chapter 10, that is a day in the life of a producer. And it takes you from the moment you, the producer shows up until the moment the show is over. And it kind of gives you a feel for a show in action, what happens, the various different things that can go wrong, and how the producer is involved in every step of the way and what, ha what he has to do in order to make the show successful. That, uh, when people... When I've talked to people, they say that's the chapter that means the most to them. Wow. Well, I, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. There you go. This is a little um, clip. Your your voice sounds younger, and I'm not even being sarcastic. <laughs> I know. It's, it sounds like it's it's like a little higher up, and it's you're a little squeaky almost. Were you at puberty 17 years ago? Uh, I don't know. I really I I I'm really concerned after watching that interview. I mean, it was you know entertaining. I was you know my usual delightful, witty and delightful self. <laughs> However. I had noticed the same thing about my voice, and I and I did look like I was about fourteen. <laughs> um, we should post it. We'll we'll post the whole uh, interview if you'd like to watch. You know, you did you did not talk about the chapter that you wrote about how nothing's going to happen to radio; it's going to be around forever. <laughs> All right, it's time. <laughs> it's time for us to take great a break. career to go into, kids. Uh, yeah, exactly. Put, all, put put all the chips in the in the center of the radio pot. Or how about writing a book about how to go into a business that will never continue? Right, That's right. my foray. All yeah, right. Well, well, your your book sold more than paper skids. Yeah. <laughs> my novel paper skids that just never really worked. That's true. All right. Uh, if you tune into Minutia Men Celebrity Interview right now, 
This is what you'll hear on this week's Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. Rick, we got another rock star. All we do is rock stars lately. He's played with some of the biggest bands in the world, including the Moody Blues. We talked to Alan Hewitt about his new adventure. Listen to Minutia Men Celebrity Interview on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. This is Stick to Everything. I'm Larry. And I'm Paul M. Banks. This week, we decide to get a little bit zen with things in this pandemic world. We look at the simpler things in life and getting back to nature and just how much we've learned to appreciate things we may have overlooked before. Again, doing things simpler, doing things better. And yes, I even talk about my car and how much it still means to me. Is that zen? We think so. Take a listen. Maybe you'll think the same, too. Listen to Sick to Everything podcast with Larry Hawley and Paul M. Banks on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. I'm Sam. I'm Kimmy. And it's Tommy. And Friends is going to be brought to you by the number 71. We're doing something no one's ever done before. Ten whole episodes in one episode. And literally, it all makes my brain hurt so much. We're confusing. Suck it, WandaVision. WandaVision. Get ready for it. And Friends on Spotify. OpiShows.com. Or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. And we're back. Dave, do you have uh, some more minutia for everybody? Yeah, I got another one. Actually, this is... um kind of uh uh dovetails nicely with our anal story uh when i um wait wait do you said you needed a jingle you want jenkins for this oh yeah yeah give me the Jenkins. yeah the jenkins jingle all right here we go when you're on the job and you're not doing it right jenkins time now for dave to share stories of employee screw-ups jenkins it could only be jenkins jenkins with rick and dave jenkins so do you do you remember? Well, I'm sure I told you the story because we have no secrets. But um, when I had my colonoscopy, um, when I was actually in AFib and they they wheeled, they wheeled me into the colonoscopy studio or whatever they call it, uh-huh. my the doctor was sitting, you know, your doctor, he's waiting for you. And he was on Facebook. <laughs> he was just waiting, you know, he was just like waiting for the next, you know. Yeah. colonoscopy right so he's on facebook and i made some joke i'm like oh you're on facebook he's like no i'm on youtube figuring out how to do a colonoscopies and he said it just really <laughs> deadpan you know and he, he was very you know he, you know those colon the what are they what, what's a colonoscopy doctor a uh, know, what are knows? they called uh, a gi doctor G, yeah, yeah, yeah. gi whatever they're, they're they're i'm sure he killed at the gi uh <laughs> uh conventions so um but this story reminded me of it this comes out of um, Sacramento, California. The Medical Board of California said it's going to investigate a, pol- uh, a plastic surgeon who appeared in a video conference for his traffic violation trial while operating. Dr. Oh, Scott, <laughs> Dr. Scott Green appeared uh, Thursday for his Sacramento Superior Court trial for a traffic violation which was, of course, held virtually because, well, we're in lockdown. And he appeared, and the judge sees him, and he's op- he's in his operating gear. You know, he had his... His scrubs? You know, what, yeah, he had his scrubs, and he had probably that little shower cappy thing that you got on and everything. <laughs> oh, my God. And the judge is like, uh, Mr. Green, uh, are you available for this <laughs> trial? I mean, it looks like you got... I don't know. There's, there's like, you know, there's a, something going on. He's like, yeah, I'm in the operating room. Everything is fine. Yeah, I could do it. How long is this going to take? Oh and my God. I would, I would love to judge you have said, "Can I talk to the patient?" But evidently, he did not say that. 
and there's like beeping in the background you know and the beep 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 oh my God. and the judge is like are you are you sure this is i mean he's like yeah it's fine let's go you know it was i ran through a stoplight let's go and <laughs> the judge says no sir we're not going to do this one thing that um the surgeon did not realize is that because of covid and everything is uh, via zoom they have to transmit this over the internet to for transparency right at least they do that in sacramento so everybody saw, i mean a bunch of people saw it and they just virally retweeted it about this doctor dr green who was going to who hopefully has all of his insurance bills paid up because <laughs> he's he's going to be spending more time in court yeah uh and i just i just i just love the whole just the the nuance of this guy just not <laughs> yeah. realizing that you know i mean i don't know what the surgery was i don't know if it was a you know i have no idea i think that every surgery you know it's only minor surgery when it when it happens to somebody else right, right? exactly when it happens to you but i just thought that uh, if you say so if you go to dr what's his first name dr scott green in sacramento um don't go to dr scott green <laughs> in sacramento your honor scalpel i just want to say that <laughs> yeah. any allegation that i was driving distracted suture is nonsense <laughs> i always yeah. focus tweezer at the task on hand. Yeah, that's I, I love that. That's a great story. Okay, here we go. Uh, time well, for you, no, yeah. Well, you know what it is. The patient probably had a crappy. You know, he was probably on Obamacare, and that's the only doctors that they can afford. I was hoping Obamacare. you'd turn this into politics somehow. Here we go. Time for another feature. A random name pulled out of Rurik's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So this is the part of the show where I reach my hand into the jar, pull out a name of a celebrity, and tell the story of having met that celebrity. And this week, Dave, I've chosen... Carl Giamarisi. Do you remember oh. Carl? Yeah, we had him. Yeah, we had him on. We talked about naked swimming at Lane Tech, I think. We did. Well, we had him on the show. Um, I've also obviously know him uh, for years and years and years. Uh, he was part of the Buckinghams, which is a great Chicago band. Had a bunch of number one hits in the '60s, and uh, we had Carl on the show. And I played a song also that I'm about to play, but uh, I haven't played it yet on this on this show. The date was March 1st, 1996, 25 years ago this week. The John Landecker Show was doing a live remote from Union Station in Chicago, and we were selling Girl Scout cookies. Have I told you about this? Uh, Do you remember? I think so. John was dressed as a brownie. He was dressed as a brownie, and he was selling Girl Scout cookies, and he was selling them at Union Station because there were all these, you know, uh, commuters there. And we asked Carl Jim Marisi to show up and come play a song, which he somehow agreed to do. Now, we're talking about a morning show. This was at, like, 8.30 in the morning, and Carl drove into Chicago and agreed to play a song. But what he didn't know is it was going to be a parody song. And I handed him the lyrics to one of his songs, Susan, and said, can you please do this? New lyrics. And wow. and and he did. And he did a great job. Would you like to hear it? Yeah. Girl Scouts Selling cookies They're the Girl Scouts We've loved them since We've tasted thin mints 
Girl Scouts They're cookie selling Girl Scouts Just give them your cash A badge for their sash Whatever cookies you wanna buy They will supply Let's try some tag-alongs Try some dozy doughs Shall I cream some more? Hey, that's not bad Girl Scouts Selling cookies Whoa, Girl Scouts Selling cookies Yeah All right, if you'd like to hear the whole uh, Carl Giamarisi interview, he was uh, part of the Minutia Men celebrity interview at one time, and it's out there. Just check it out, because he was very entertaining, I thought. Well, what what is amazing about that Wait, the audio that you just played is first of all he what does he live in like Burridge or something uh, in I Barrington know. I think yeah so to get to Chicago for those of you who don't live in Chicago at 830 in the morning downtown <laughs> right. you have to leave at like what six six thirty at the latest yeah. six thirty so he gets in there and you know it's like ah oh, fuck thirty two dollars parking I imagine Harvey Perlman did not reimburse him for uh, parking of course probably, not right? no absolutely <laughs> right. not so so he finds a parking. He's like, "Fuck, thirty-two bucks." Walks to the was a Union Station. Uh, yeah. You know, goes through the crowd, and then you throw something in front of him and go, "Hey, we're on in twenty seconds. Can you sing this?" <laughs> right, and, exactly. and this is what he does. I mean, yeah. that's pretty pretty impressive. Yeah, I, pretty I impressive. was I was super impressed that day. Uh, it was really, and it was one take, and it was live on the air, and you know, lots of, and we were a top ten rated radio show in Chicago, yeah. and there was a lot of pressure on him, and he nailed it. So, yeah. congratulations. And and then he gets back in his car and drives two hours back. That, 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 that was that was time well spent for Carl Giamarisi. There was another time we did a show with him where uh, we made him sing in a shower. We used to we used to do shows at people's homes. And uh, one time we invited Carl to come to uh, the broadcast. Like every Wednesday we'd do a show from yeah. a listener's house. And Carl came to this listener's house, and could, we couldn't find a place that was acoustically uh, appropriate except for the shower. And he went into the shower and performed in the shower. Oh, that's that is that's a great bit. The morning, uh, the, the 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 do a show from somebody's house in the morning. It was so you, much fun. Oh my god, it was so much fun. I mean, John would go get, through their underwear drawers and stuff. <laughs> did Did you ever get like that? I'm sure you got the teenagers not up yet, and then they oh, wake up. And, yeah. It was the yeah, best during this show. Yep, yep. And now, if yeah. you tune in to the Minutia Man celebrity interview this coming week, who do we have, Dave? Well, we've got a mainstay of uh, well, a comedian, a national national touring comedian who you've more than likely have seen. He's he's around all the time. Uh, but if you're on Comedy Central, if you have that fancy cable package, he is on like every three minutes yeah. on Can- Comedy Central. Uh, he is a very funny man. He is a Cardinal fan, so I love him. Yeah. Uh, R- Ryan Beck is going to be, uh, we are going to interview, well, we did already, and it'll be on the next MMCI. Uh, That's what we call it. 
Yeah. In fact, let's play a little clip here. Time now for the Celebrity Minutia Minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity Minutia Minute with Rick and Dave. One of the funniest things I saw was your quest to find the Loch Ness Monster. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, that was fantastic. So I was working at Comedy Central at the time, and we went out to cover the Fringe Festival and make some videos out in Scotland, and it was just a great experience. And we had this wild idea to just go track down the Loch Ness Monster, because, I mean, that's what, that's what you do if you're in sure. Scotland. And uh, we quickly found out that it's a big country. <laughs> <laughs> it took quite a drive to get out there, but we met a guy that professionally, this is what he does. And he can't say that he thinks it's fake because it's like how he makes his money. He's like holding court for old people who have gone there. He's all in on it. So, you know, we went out there, we tried to track it down. And uh, at one point we're interviewing this guy and this was my favorite thing to ask him because I wanted to know why he's tracking down the Loch Ness Monster. I was just like, so what, when you catch it, like what, how are you going to cook it? <laughs> That's the only reason to dedicate your life to finding this mythical creature is that you want to eat it, right? I don't, I couldn't understand. If you'd like to hear the entire interview, uh, go to Minutia Men Celebrity Interview, and you can find it there. Tell a friend to listen to us uh, on Spotify. Go to opishows.com, wherever you find podcasts. Search for Radio Misfits. And how about giving us a rating? Let us know if you like mm-hmm. the show or not. Actually, just let us know if you like the show. If not, we don't need to hear from you. Uh, special thanks for right. executive. If you, if you don't like the show, give a rating to and friends. <laughs> <laughs> a very special and friends coming this one. A special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasana with opishows.com. Opi is hippo backwards, O-P-P-I-H shows.com. We're distributed by Ed Silla with Radio Misfits. Great Talk Radio is in debt. It just moved to a better place, radiomisfits.com. And we'll be back again next week with a brand new episode of Minutia Man. This Opie podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The preceding was a presentation of Opie Productions on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you show Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, we list the best-selling cars and trucks in the U.S. for the year 2020, plus a cautionary tale of going from zero to 60 too fast. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Costable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. On this week's Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. Rick gives me the worst clue ever on Guess the Premier League star. Listen to Free Kicks on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts, just search for Radio Misfits.